And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Take your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts chapter 6 and Ephesians chapter 5, Acts the 6th chapter, and then Ephesians chapter 5. Kathy and I have been in North Carolina the last couple of weeks. It's been great to see family and grandchildren and see her 93-year-old mother. And uh, we're glad to be back with you this morning. On Thursday morning, July 25th, Thursday morning, July 25th, I'd read the scripture and spent some time in prayer and in worship and waited in the presence of the Lord. I heard four words down in my spirit, down in my heart, that still small voice of the Holy Ghost. I, I heard the words signs, wonders, miracles, and healings. And I heard it again, signs, wonders, miracles, and healings. And I'm convinced that God is going to visit the earth with another revival of signs and wonders and miracles and healings. And yet I'm well aware that it may not resemble the revivals of yesteryear. I believe it's going to be a revival that involves young people in America and around the world with signs and wonders and healings and miracles. Every day for the next two weeks, as I would have time with God, I would again hear these words down in my heart, signs, wonders, and miracles, and healings. And as I meditated on this, I, I began to think about Stephen in the New Testament, because in Acts 6, the Bible says that Stephen did signs and wonders among the people. Let's begin reading, please, at verse 5. It says, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. What did they choose him to do? He was chosen to be one of the first deacons of the first century church. He was in charge of the benevolence ministry, taking care of the needs of the widows and the orphans. They chose Stephen. He was one of seven. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith. Everybody say full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, say it, full of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. I'm saying to you this morning that God wants to use you with signs and wonders and miracles and healings. Verse 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. They were not able to resist the anointing. They were not able to resist the unction. There was something that was drawing them to his words. They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. What is this about? It's about a man who is full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, his anointed preaching gets him in trouble. He's drawn before the Sanhedrin. The 70 judges of Israel, and they put him on trial. He ends up losing his life. He becomes the very first martyr for the New Testament church. And it says in verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. In other words, they were angry. There was spiritual warfare going on. As Stephen preached that Jesus is indeed the Christ, the son of the living God, as he preached that Christ lived a life that was sinless, that he went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. As he went to the cross, bearing my sins and your sins, and he went into the grave, but the grave couldn't hold him. On the third day, he rose again. As Stephen preached this, it made some people mad. Dear ones, I'm going to tell you, the devil does not like the gospel. The powers of hell that do not like the gospel. And the Bible, this is interesting because Dr. Luke, he says, they gnashed at him with their teeth. They were saying, this is how angry and how infuriated they were. And then in the next verse, verse 55, and he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit. Dear ones, when the powers of hell come against you, what do you need? You need to be full of the Holy Spirit. 
He, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Verse 59, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. In your minds, I want you to see Stephen. He's on his knees. He's saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. I've got a friend, Mike Sehan. He was trying to pioneer a church in, in South America, up in the Andes Mountains, a place that did not have a gospel witness. And he went there and he started preaching. And on his third Sunday going there, he would take, in the back of his truck, he'd take plastic chairs and set them up in the marketplace. And then he would start, start preaching the gospel. Well, some people didn't like what they were hearing. And so they began to take up stones. They began to take up rocks and pebbles and they began to throw them at him. So you can imagine here's Pastor Mike standing with his Bible preaching and suddenly a rock hits him in the head and a rock hits him on the knee and it doesn't seem to be much but see there are rocks everywhere in the Andes Mountains I mean you don't have to go find them they're just just look down and he says and then some larger stones started coming his way and he felt like it was okay with God that he just get out of there which he did well Stephen didn't get out of there Stephen didn't have the choice he's on his knees saying father Lord, receive my spirit. Look at verse 60. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. There are small rocks that are coming against him. Then there are some larger stones that are hitting him in the head and hitting him in his vital organs. Perhaps he falls over. And then they take larger stones and they begin dropping them on top of him until the life is out of him. And he prays this prayer, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And then he fell asleep. In other words, he died. So where do you get the grace to forgive people who are killing you? Where do you get the grace to kill people who are ending your life? I, I suggest it only comes one place. It comes from the grace of God. See, Stephen had learned a secret. He didn't love his life to the death. There was this fear all over the world today because of COVID-19, because people are loving their life. But Stephen chose, I'm not going to love my life. I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to die to self and I'm going to live to God. Dear ones, I want you to hear me. The platform for signs and wonders, the platform for miracles and healings is certainly being full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. But there's another dimension, and that's saying, God, I want your will above all of everything else. And it's not about me and my needs and my wants and my preferences. It's about you. You see, if, if, if many years ago, if I had decided that it was all about me, I would never have been a pastor. Because, dear ones, when you pastor, you don't always get to do what you want to do. When you get to pastor, you got to say, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to go where you want me to go. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to say what you want me to say. It doesn't matter what kind of opposition I fall into. It doesn't matter what's going on. God, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to serve your purposes in my generation. Revelation 12 verse 11 says that you and I overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, loving not our lives unto the death. Jesus said, if, anybody's, if anyone's going to follow me, let him take up his cross deny himself and follow me. There's a dimension. If we're going to see signs and wonders and miracles and healings, oh, being full of faith is important. Being full of the Holy Spirit is important. But there's another, there's another dimension where it's not about you and me. Corey Ten Boom tells the story of reading this very scripture about Stephen being used of God with signs and wonders and then being tried before the Sanhedrin and becoming the first martyr of the church. And Corey Ten Boom, as a little girl, went to her dad and she says, Dad, I'm not certain that I've got enough faith to be martyred. I, I just don't know that I could, I could actually stand up for Jesus when people are coming against me and threatening to kill me. And he said, Corey, think of it this way. He says, sweetheart, when... And she grew up in Holland. Her, her father was a watchmaker. And she's famous today because during World War II, when the Nazis came into Holland, her family hid Jewish people 
And there's been a movie and a book called The Hiding Place. They hid them up in the attic of their home, and they kept them safe for, for months and months and months. But somebody found out about it and told the Nazis, and the entire Tin Boom family was arrested and sent to concentration camps. That's the story. And Corey made it through. Her dad died 10 days after being arrested. Her sister Betsy died in the concentration camp. But Corey made it through. And when she was liberated from, from uh, Ravensbrück, which was the concentration camp in Germany, when she was liberated, she became a missionary evangelist. In fact, she spoke at most of Billy Graham's crusades for many, many years. As a little girl, she looks at her dad. She says, Dad, I don't know that I've got enough faith to be a martyr. I, I just don't know that I could allow people to stone me without doing something about it. And he says, Dear Corey, when we take a train trip here in Holland, do I give you the fare three weeks in advance for your ticket? She says, no, Daddy. It's not until we're getting ready to buy our tickets at the station and we walk up to the desk and then you allow me the privilege of paying personally for my ticket. You give me that money. He said, Corey, God's the same way. You don't need the faith today to be a martyr. If and when that day ever comes, God will give you exactly what you need. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but life, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. As I began pondering those four words, signs, wonders, there goes the Bible, signs, wonders, miracles, and healings, I began to think, of, Kathy, let me give you this, because I'm getting ready to, this is a New King James Version, I'm getting ready to go to a New Living Translation. I began thinking about Ephesians chapter 5, one of my favorite portions of Scripture, Turn to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Everybody look at me. Folks, there's two kinds of wisdom in this world. James chapter 3 says there's a wisdom that's from below and there's a wisdom that's from above. The wisdom from below is a selfish wisdom. The wisdom from below results in fights, quarrels, and arguments, but there's a wisdom that's from heaven. There's a wisdom that comes from God's word. There's a wisdom that comes from the Holy Ghost that when you apply it to your life, it brings life and it brings peace. And the apostle says, Paul says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. How many of you know we're living in some evil days? Jesus said in Matthew 24 that one of the signs of the last days is that there will be divisions, and there will be offenses. Have you ever remembered a time in America when we're as divided as we are today? Have you ever remembered a time when people were as easily offended as they are today? You know, today there, there, there's debates. Do we wear masks? Do we not wear masks? Some people are very offended if you don't wear a mask because they've got a loved one at home who's immune compromised and they're afraid of taking COVID home with them. Others get offended if they're told to wear a mask. Dear ones, the bottom line is this. It's not about me. It's not about my wants and my preferences. It's about others who need the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says here, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. If there's anything you and I need to zero in today, is that we need to say, Lord, help me to understand what you want. Not my will be done, but thy kingdom come I want your will in verse 18 he says don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life 
Did you know the American Heart Association says that alcohol sales are up 54% in local retail stores and alcohol sales are up 500% online because there are a lot of people that are drinking their way through these COVID days. Dear ones, look at what the Bible says. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is written in the present imperative tense, which denotes continuous action. It means to be filled with the Holy Spirit yesterday and today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And just say, Lord, come fill me now. Dear ones, there are many times I'll get in my car and I'll be driving from our home to church and I'll start singing that old song, fill me now. Fill me now, Jesus come and fill me now. Fill me with thy Holy Spirit. Jesus come and fill me now. I'll tell you why I, I do that. It's not because I haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit yesterday or the day before. It's because sometimes we get leaky. And sometimes we get leaky and sometimes our flesh comes out and we don't know how much of our flesh we're filled with. Because we failed to take up our cross and follow him. We failed to die to self. I like the story of the missionary woman in Great Britain who was preparing to go to India. This was back in the 1930s. She had a home and some possessions. And as she prepared to get on the steamship to take her, in fact, she wasn't going to India, she was going to China. God had placed China on her heart. A friend of hers came to her and says, aren't you afraid to go to a new land, a new culture, a new people? Aren't you afraid to leave everything behind? And she said, you know, that which concerns me more than anything is that I might be that one grain of wheat that falls in the ground and doesn't die. Jesus said in, in John chapter 12, every grain of wheat that falls in the ground and doesn't die remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. If it dies, it brings forth much fruit. It doesn't mean that we're physically dying. But dear ones, there's a dimension where, where I'm saying Jesus is not about me and it's not about my wants and it's not about my needs. And forgive me for being selfish and forgive me for just thinking about myself. But Lord God, I die to self and I live to you. I want your kingdom come and I want your will to be done. God, I know it's your plan to make the church of Jesus Christ a praise on the earth. I know it's your plan to make evangel and to make every church in Tallahassee a praise on the earth and I'm standing here in the place of prayer and God I just believe that you're making this a house of, of worship and a house of praise and a church that is a praise on the earth a church that's giving you glory hallelujah and I just believe God it's about you it's about Jesus dear ones I'm going to tell you something this whole world is going to get wrapped up one day we're living in the end of the end times and Jesus is coming back we're going to hear the sound of the trumpet and the dead in Christ are going to rise and the only thing that's going to matter is what you have done for the kingdom of God when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ Jesus is not going to ask you how much worrying did you do about COVID-19 when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ the Lord's not going to ask well how much time how much sleep did you lose because you were afraid about the economy when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, God's going to want to know, what did you do with my word? What did you do with my Holy Spirit? What did you do to advance my kingdom? And we're going to receive blessings based on our service here on this earth because our lives as Christians is on the job training for reigning for eternity. Can you say hallelujah? And he says, be not drunk with wine. He says, that's going to hurt your life. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me confess. I've read this for many, many years. Be filled with the Spirit. And I knew that the book of Ephesians was written in about A.D. 62. 62 years after Jesus ascended back to the right hand of the Father, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. But I also knew that the book of Acts, chapter 19, that's when we read that the church at Ephesus was founded. This is in modern day Turkey. Okay, so the church is founded there. 
Two years before Paul wrote this letter saying, be filled with the Spirit. Well, some of you will remember that in Acts chapter 19, Jesus found some disciples. It says that Acts 19 verse 1, he found some disciples. A disciple is the one who follows Christ. But Paul then, after he talks to them for a while, he asks them a, a question that appears in verse 2. The question is this, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they look at Paul and said, we don't even know if there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul then asked them, but by what baptism were you baptized? And they said, by John's baptism. Well, John's baptism was not a Christian baptism. John's baptism was a pre-Christian baptism. He was a type of John the Baptist. He was, John the Baptist was a type of Elijah. He was preparing the way for Jesus as the Messiah. He was baptizing in the river Jordan saying, repent and believe on the one who is to come. So Paul took these guys and he baptizes them in water and then he lays his hands on them and they are baptized, they are filled with the Holy Spirit and the Bible says they speak in tongues and they prophesy. Okay, just two years earlier, the church there knew about the baptism of the Spirit, they knew about the filling of the Spirit, they knew about praying in tongues, they knew about prophecy, and here two years later, Paul's saying, be not drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. And dear ones, we believe and we know that the initial physical evidence of the baptism, the filling of the Holy Spirit, is speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. But dear ones, it doesn't end with that. I used to wonder as a young pastor, when I was young, I would pastor some people who would come to me and say, you know, I've been serving Jesus for 40 years and 20 years ago, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And I'd listen to him, and I thought, but you're meaner than a snake today. What happened? And I said, have you continued to pray in other tongues? They said, no, I just do that when the Spirit comes upon me. Where dear ones, the Bible says they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. You've got to say, I'm going to do the speaking. The Holy Ghost has given me the utterance. Say, I pray in other tongues every day of my life. The Bible says that he that prays in an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, edifies himself. Jude says we build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. But dear ones, speaking in tongues doesn't mean that we've arrived. It's not the zenith. It's not the goal. Dear ones, there are many fruits and many outcomes of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul begins to explain that here in verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 19, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Verse 19, in the New King James Version and in the New International Version, it doesn't say singing. It says speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. Well, what's a psalm? We've got a whole book of poems called the Psalms, okay? So that includes the Psalms, but I believe that in Paul's vernacular, it includes any scripture that's in the canonized books of the Bible, any scripture that we might speak to ourselves and that we might speak to one another. When I was a young pastor, you know, I, I used to think that you could be a successful pastor if you could pray, preach, and prophesy. But I learned real quickly that there's a whole lot more to pastoring than praying and preaching and prophesying. Maybe that's what an evangelist does who travels around. But if you're a pastor, you're going to live with the sheep and you've got to learn some leadership skills and you've got to be able to, to work with people in difficult situations. And so I made a list of some of the, the, the top pastors that, that, that I could get access to. And I called their offices until they agreed to either have a cup of coffee with me or, or have a lunch or, or something. And I'll never forget Rob Thompson. Rob pastored Midwest Christian Center and later became a, a family worship center in Tenley Park, a church of several thousand people. I went to see, it was in Tenley Park, Illinois. I went to see Rob one day and we were having lunch and I had a long list of questions that I'd ask all these pastors. And most of them gave me their opinions. They gave me their stories, their anecdotes. But Rob Thompson, unlike everybody else, I'd ask the question and he'd grow quiet. And then he would start answering me according to what the word of God had to say. 
Nothing wrong with somebody's opinion, nothing wrong with an anecdote or a story, but he began speaking the word of God. Jesus said, you're clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. When I drove away from there, I felt like I had taken a Holy Ghost bath in God's word. And I began crying out to God saying, God, I'm sorry, so sorry, because I'm long on opinion. I'm long on the way I see things, but I'm short on your word. And I made the, 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 the vow in my own heart. I said, if there's anything I'm going to do, I'm going to hide God's word in my heart. David said that. He says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I said, God, I want to be strong in your word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. You sent your word and you healed us and delivered us from our destructions. The word that goes forth from his mouth will not return void. It's going to prosper in the thing whereunto he has sent it. And I said, God, would you help me when I preach? Would you help me to preach the word and not just opinion? God, would you help me to, because to, my opinion is not going to amount to a hill of beans, but your word word is what makes a difference. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And there's a dimension, dear ones. You can take the word of God, and you can slice and dice somebody up. I mean, you could, uh, you could just be mean with the word, okay? Or you can take the word of God to bring edification and exhortation and comfort and to strengthen other people. Dear ones, one of the earmarks of being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just speaking in tongues, but it's speaking the word of God in psalms, in hymns. A hymn is a, is a song composed by a person that glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so many times I go back and I, and I sing Chris Tomlin's song, How Great Is Our God. I think it's just one of those things that sticks with me. How great is our God. Come on, sing with me. Sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Try it again. Here we go. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All will sing how great, how great is our God. Then it goes on, age to age, he stands. Time is in his hands. The beginning and the end, the beginning and the end. Dear ones, there's so many times people need to hear you giving Jesus glory. Man, just walk through the grocery store and start singing. I mean, you're right there. You're trying to figure out, am I going to buy spinach or am I going to buy greens here? And how great is our God Oh, I'm going the wrong way in the grocery store. How great is our God. Somebody says, what in the world language is that you're speaking? Say, I don't know, but my father taught it to me. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All will sing how great, how great is our God, hallelujah, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I believe personally a spiritual song is a song that glorifies Jesus. It may be in English and it may be in the spirit. Paul said, I will pray in the spirit and I will speak, sing in the spirit. I will pray with my understanding and I will sing with my understanding. Man, you may be praying in other tongues. My mother had a beautiful voice. My dad couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. But so many times I'd be with my dad in the car and he'd just start making up little songs. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I magnify you. Only it usually wasn't on key. It was, Jesus, I love you. Oh, we praise your name. You know what? He wasn't singing it for my edification. He was singing it for his edification because it was his way at that moment of staying full of the Holy Ghost and power. Dear ones, God wants to visit us with signs and wonders and miracles and healings. It's important that we walk full of faith, but it's also important that we walk full of the Holy Ghost. And I'm just sharing with you some ways that we stay full of the Holy Spirit. Now don't shout me down because I'm preaching so good this morning. And give thanks for everything to God the Father 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks to God the Father. Doesn't mean you got to give thanks for the stuff the devil does, but in spite of it, God, I give you praise. I give you thanks. You know, Dad stayed in our home for his last three weeks of his life, and we didn't know he was getting ready to go to heaven. And when Kathy came in that morning and said, Dad's not breathing, I wasn't ready for it. For the next three months, I felt numb. I, I just, I couldn't process my emotions. I couldn't cry. I just felt numb. But I started to break through. When I started saying, Jesus, you said in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And here he says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I began to break through as I started saying, Lord, thank you for my dad. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his legacy. Thank you for the deposit that he's placed in me. Thank you for the deposit of the anointing and the spirit of God that he's blessed so many people with over the years. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for his example. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. Dear ones, I, 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 just, I just think, especially in this COVID environment, we need to get our eyes off the disease and the threat and the sickness and the economy and this not opening and that not opening and just saying, Jesus, you're the glory and you're the lifter of my head. Jesus, you're working in my life in ways I can't see. Faithful is he that has called me who will also bring it to pass. God, you're supplying all my need according to your riches and glory. God, you're at work when I can't see you at work. God, I believe that you're making a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. Lord, you're the glory and you're the lifter of my head. I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. God, I love you and I worship you and I praise you. You're the God of all comfort and you're the, you're, you're the God of all grace. And God, I thank you for your comforting grace in my life. And I praise you and I magnify you. And I choose to be full of the Holy Ghost. And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of the fear of the Lord, submit to one another. I want to suggest to you that that word submission is best understood as a yielded attitude. Have a yielded attitude toward one another. The Christians that you're in fellowship with and that you do life together, make sure that you're not a know-it-all. Make sure that you're not the one trying to tell everybody else what to do, but you keep a yielded attitude. In the first service, I, I shared that there have been many times I'll go into a staff meeting here at Evangel with our pastors and our administrators, or I'll go into a deacon meeting with our board and I'll know what's coming up because I've seen the agenda and I've prayed about it and I'll have an opinion as to what we're to do. But there have been many times that I've just heard the Spirit of God just saying, Terrell, be quiet. There's a scripture in the King James Version that says, study to be quiet. I'll hear that verse, study to be quiet, and I'll just get quiet. And I'll be amazed at the wisdom that comes out of Zach Barnes' mouth. I'll be amazed at the wisdom that comes from Craig Hampton or Lacey Barnes or Scott Lingerfeld or Donnie Thomas or Wes McKenzie. Wes joins us online for those meetings. I'll be amazed at what comes out of Gloria Nahara's mouth. And I'm just, I'm getting the benefit of all this because simply because I'm just being quiet. I'm just obeying the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean I don't have opinions. But I find that sometimes I don't see everything as clearly as it needs to be seen. All I've got is my perspective. Same thing with our deacon meetings. So many times I've gone into meetings thinking, okay, I know what we should do. I know how this should, should play out. I'm ready. And I'll get in that meeting. And I just hear that the Holy Spirit just whispering to my heart, just be quiet. Just don't say anything. And I'm amazed at the perspective and that wisdom from above that Danny Albritton shares or that Norm Munyon or that Dr. Hans Hercule or Jay Grant or Dennis Gray is sharing at that moment. Dear ones, we want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. God's going to visit us with signs and wonders, with miracles, with healings. 
Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In verse 22, he says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So many times as a pastor, I've sat with a husband and wife who are having strife, having difficulty. And I've seen men get upset and they pull out their Bible and they point to Ephesians 5.21 and says, woman, the Bible says you're supposed to submit. Of course, that usually, that's not what she wants to hear right then. And I just smile real big. I say, you know, the Bible does say that. Now read verse 25 for me. And he'll say, mm. for husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her. So I asked him, I said, sir, how does Christ love the church? Well, um, he, um, um, he, uh, um, um, I said, he went to the cross for the church, didn't he? He, he bled and died for the church, didn't he? He was crucified for the church. That means that you're to love your wife in a self-sacrificial Matter. It's not a matter of you saying, I'm Tarzan, you're Jane, you submit to me. That's not what this is about. This is about being so filled with the Holy Ghost that there's a mutual, a mutual yielding of leadership and authority. It's not of you always saying this is the way it's going to be. My word, when I was a young pastor, I had two women come to me. And they attended our church, but I actually got to know them. Kathy had joined a group called Women's Aglow. And they, their leader found out they had to have spiritual advisors. So they asked this 22-year-old pastor in all his wisdom to be their spiritual advisor. I was not qualified. But these two women came to me and they said, we don't know what to do. Our husbands are not Christians and they want us to join a wife-swapping group. I didn't even know what a wife-swapping group was. I had to figure that out. What should we do? Somebody told us that we're, we're supposed to submit. Dear ones, I want you to hear me well. If you have an authority in your life that asks you to submit to something that's illegal, immoral, unbiblical, unethical, you say no. God doesn't, he doesn't want you to go against his word. In the name of somebody's interpretation of authority. See, the Bible says that, that church members are to submit to pastors, to spiritual authority. But dear ones, if you submit, it's not because I'm going to get up here and say, okay, everybody, I'm the head guy around here. You got to submit. How many of you know that didn't go very far? If you submit, it's because God's doing a work in your heart and you say, you know what? I'm so filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to yield my attitudes to others. All of us are filled with our own attitude. And the biggest problems in life are because we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge other people by their actions. And we've all got our opinions. Well, this should be done and that should be done. I mean, just, just click on, on the news feed on your phone. There's all kinds of offenses and all kinds of opinions and no shortage of that stuff. What we want to do, guys, really is be submitted and have a yielded attitude to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a yielded attitude to His Word. Have a yielded attitude to the Holy Spirit. There's one more mark of being filled with the Holy Spirit and there's probably many more, but the last one that I'll share with you this morning is Romans chapter 5, verse 5 which says the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. Huh. See, when somebody says, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, thank God for that. You know, people come up and tell me if I'm, they say, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't, I don't argue with them whether they pray in tongues or don't pray in tongues. I just say, glory to God, may you get more filled. Here's the deal. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to live the life that Jesus would live if he was here in the flesh. And he comes to live inside you and inside me. And every day of every moment, he gives me the opportunity to say, am I going to be more like Jesus or am I just going to be like myself and my stubborn opinions 
and in my selfishness. The devil's trying to stir people up. The devil's trying to fill this whole world with fear over the COVID. The devil's trying to kill, still destroy through, 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 through race relations and through everything he can. Dear ones, Jesus said they'll know we're Christians by our love towards other people. And everybody needs three or four things. Everybody needs love and acceptance and forgiveness. Everybody needs respect. Even an old dog knows when you love them and accept them and forgive them and respect them. And white people need it and black people need it and Asian people need it and Hispanic people need it. We just got to be real Christians. I was talking to a black man just before we went on vacation. And he says, you know, pastor, he says, there are some people that are white and they hate my guts. I walk into a room and I can tell, I feel the hostility. I feel the animosity. And pastor, here's the problem. They, on Sunday morning, they go to church. He said, but pastor, I've learned that not every white person's like way. I've learned, pastor, that the people that really know Jesus, the people that really have the Holy Spirit inside them, he begins working in their life just like he works inside my life. We don't live in a perfect world. Our world's far from perfect, but we serve a perfect Jesus. <laughs> we serve a perfect Jesus and we, see, we serve a Holy Spirit. I want you to hear me. I just want to prophesy over you. God wants to use you to do signs and wonders and miracles and healings. God's looking for somebody he can use. He's never had anybody perfect except the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to use you, and he wants you to be full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost and full of the grace of God. He wants you to be able to say, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's not about me. It's about those that need the Lord, and he needs you to be in a process of dying to self so that Jesus can be exalted. I just say to you, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, I can't do an altar call. I can't lay hands on you. But I say this in the name of Jesus, be filled with a Holy Ghost from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in the name of Jesus. Right now is an act of your will. Don't say, well, if the Spirit moves me, I'll be filled. No, you say, I receive the Holy Spirit anew and afresh. Paul says, be not drunk with wine in which is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an act and a decision that you and I make. I will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't look for an emotion. Don't look for a feeling. Don't look for anything. You just say, Lord, I thank you for filling me now. I thank you for filling me now in the name of Jesus. Just come fill me, Holy Ghost. Come fill me, Holy Ghost. Come fill me, Holy Spirit. I will speak to others. I will sing to others in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I will sing and make melody in my heart to the Lord. I will keep a song in my heart. I'll be like the, the person in Isaiah 54 that says, Sing out, O barren, and you who have not born child, sing out. Sing out. Sing out because I'm going to enlarge your dwelling place. You're going to expand your borders. I'm going to work in your life in ways you can't sing. So just begin to sing out. Sing out and give Jesus glory. Begin to sing out. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Oh, we go through terrible stuff, but start giving him thanks anyway. Lord, we give you thanks in spite of this COVID. God, we give you thanks in spite of the problems, in spite of the, the economy. God, we give you thanks and we praise you and we magnify you. Hallelujah. And Lord, we'll submit to one another. We'll live our lives with a yielded spirit, a yielded attitude toward those that are members of the body of Christ that we're in relationship with. Oh, Jesus, we'll not think the world revolves around us. We'll not try to be legends in our own mind. 
But Lord God, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about your word. It's about your Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and shed the love of God abroad in our hearts. Let me close. Let me tell you one more story. Corey Ten Boom, 10 years after the end of World War II, Nazi Germany had been devastated. The entire nation of Germany was devastated. And the sad thing is that many of the German people did not know what Adolf Hitler was doing. He didn't, they did not know. They didn't have mass media, didn't have social media. They didn't know of the atrocities that were being committed in these concentration camps. And after the war, people were filled with a deep sense of shame. They didn't have anything because of the war reparations that were paid back to the countries that the Nazis had destroyed. People were suffering. Corrie Ten Boom, who'd been in a concentration camp, citizen of Holland, she goes to Germany and she's speaking in a church. And she talks about how God wants to forgive our sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west and place them in a sea of forgetfulness. And dear ones, I believe that when God puts your sins and my sins in a, sin for, uh, in a lake of forgiveness, an ocean of forgiveness, he puts up a sign that says no fishing. So don't you go fishing where God has placed your sins. Leave them there. She preached this morning in this church and at the close, she had prayed with a number of people and some people were coming to talk to her. And she looked up and she saw a man. This man had been a guard in Ravensbrook in the concentration camp. Corey said that 800 women were placed into this barracks that was made to handle about 400. They had to two, sleep two women to a single little mattress. And she says every couple of weeks, the male guards in Ravensbrook would come and they would stand up on a platform and they would command all 800 women in that barracks to strip their clothing off. Every bit of clothing, nothing on. And they would make them walk slowly in front of every one of those guards and those men would leer at them and lust after them and make crude remarks about their bodies. Corey's sister, Betsy, had also gone to the concentration camp with her. But Betsy died at the hands of this one guard. Church is over this day, 10 years after the war. Corey's teaching about forgiveness and grace and she looks up and there is a guard, one of those men who had stood, one of the most cruel men who was responsible for Betsy's death and who had lusted and leered at her and all these other women. And he's standing ready to talk to her and she says he's the last person she wanted to see. She had preached about forgiveness and grace, but she said the man came up and stood in front of her. And Corey Ten Boom said at that moment, the man put out his hand to shake her hand. He says, oh, Fraulein, what a wonderful message. I too have come to Christ since the war. Isn't it good to know that God has forgiven us of our sins? And he left his hand out. And Corey said in that moment, she didn't want to shake his hand. She wanted to rake her fingers and pull his eyes out. She says, all oh, this hurt and animosity started to come forth inside her. And she says, it seemed like an eternity, but the man's still standing there with his hand out. And Corey just prayed this prayer. She said, Jesus, help me. And she thought of Romans chapter 5, verse 5, where God says the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our heart. And Corey said she prayed this prayer in that split second. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. And she put out her hand, she said, in a wooden fashion, a mechanical fashion. And she took his hand and she looked him in the face. And by faith, she says, I forgive you. And Corey said when she said those words, it was like a dam let loose inside her. She said she was filled with wave after wave after wave of God's presence and of his glory. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled as you drive away from this campus today. Be filled with the Holy Ghost.
when you bow your heads to thank God for your lunch be filled just say come fill me Holy Spirit when you get up from taking your nap this afternoon say come fill me Holy Spirit as you go about your duty say come fill me Holy Spirit tomorrow morning when you get up say come fill me Holy Spirit I prophesy to you God's going to bring a revival of signs and wonders and miracles and healings and he wants to use you and he's especially going to use the next generation but it's going to be because we're full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit and full of grace loving not our lives to the death everybody stand hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I, I, I'm restricted I can't give an altar call I can't come out and lay hands on you but I can say this be filled with the Holy Ghost right now come on be filled with the Holy Ghost as we close this service be filled with the Holy Ghost be filled with the Holy Spirit be filled with the Holy Spirit come Holy Ghost come Holy Spirit we love you Jesus we love you Jesus we love you, Jesus. Let's sing something together, Brother Wiss. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.